Tune in to the Post-Victory Formation Podcast every Wednesday to hear Kyle and I's in-depth thoughts about the latest news around the league. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Post-Victory Formation Podcast. You've got Mike and Kyle here discussing another week in the NFL. Uh, Mike, we're a couple weeks away from the draft. Um, We're going to really start hitting the draft stuff hard next week. So this week, we are going to just kind of talk about some of the news and notes around the league. Uh, Not a lot of big signings, kind of a quiet week in the NFL. Um, Some teams bolstering their rosters, some. But I want to start, Mike, we talked about the NFL owners meeting a little bit last week. And one of the reports that is coming out early earlier this week was the fact that there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect right now in the New England Patriots organization. You know, we've had Bill Belichick there for several years, Robert Kraft. And since Tom Brady's left, they've kind of been a shell of their of their former selves. Uh, they're 25 and 25 since the Bill Belichick Tom Brady split, and that there was there were some reports that um, Kraft and Belichick aren't too happy with each other. One of the big topics being the the future of the quarterback position in New England. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, they don't quite seem to be jiving. Uh, there was rumors that Bill Belichick was trying to shop. Mac Jones at the owners meeting and you look at the other side of the coin one of Mac Jones's biggest supporters is Robert Kraft so with that being said Mike the success has not been there for the Patriots these past couple years a 500 record since Brady left could you see potentially a Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft split at the end of the year with maybe Belichick retiring, or do you think that they're going to, they're going to weather the storm and uh, get things back on track? They're going to weather the storm, but I think Mac Jones is, I I don't think Mac Jones is out, but they're going to be getting a quarterback in the second round this year. I have a feeling just because Mac Jones hasn't been producing like they thought he was going to be. He has really, he goes really hot for a little bit and then extremely cold and then really hot and extremely cold. There is no middle ground. And think there's too much weighing on his shoulders possibly because they're not really giving him anybody around but they don't really have any great shakes wide receivers their running back court is mild to say the least um they don't have the best o-line they're just a really lackluster team now and i don't know what what they got going on because they went from just an all-star super team to to falling apart they just got rid of Jacoby Myers. I mean, they, they brought in another wide receiver, but or Ju, who they yeah Juju Smith Schuster, right? Yeah, yep. They got Juju, but they don't have anybody just great anymore. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because you look at how the team was built when Brady was around. Brady did not demand a lot of money, and they were able to distribute that money. And it's like they're operating under the same mindset now with Mac Jones when Mac Jones is still on a rookie deal. So I don't think the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback, Mike. And the reason I say that, you look at this will be, you look at the Patriots the past two years. Mac Jones has had a different offensive coordinator every year. 
He's going to be on his third offensive coordinator in three years. So with that being said, if Mac Jones can kind of recapture some of that rookie year magic he had with Josh McDaniel, you look at last year, he kind of had a sophomore slump, but I think that was more of the play calling with having Matt Patricia as your OC. Year three for Mac with an adult in the room. He's got Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator. I think it's kind of a show or go year for Mac. What do you got? So the thing that makes me question it is because them getting rid of Brian Hoyer, who's been the backup for Mac Jones all three years that he's been a starter, who was a good backup, and for him to go to the Raiders, I'm pretty sure he just went yep. to on a two-year deal. That makes me think that they're going to bring a backup in, that they're going to use one of their highest picks to either go out wide receiver, tight end, or quarterback. That's what I think they're going to use with one of their top picks is for one of those three positions because they have no real skilled players anymore on that team or they're trying to build them. They they show that they can you know be middle run of the pack, but to get rid of Brian Hoyer who's been there and like helped and you know been a veteran, I'd say he's a veteran quarterback. He's a good bounce around backup that can help shape somebody. They're either going to go for an old dead guy that's shown that he can do something like don't hold me to this, but like a Matt Ryan yep, or a um, Carson Wentz, somebody that like has the knowledge, maybe not so much the playing ability anymore, but the knowledge they can come in there and help Mac Jones or they're going to be drafting his replacement. Well, you look at their team last year. I mean, they still have Bailey Zappi on the roster and Zappi, he did a nice job. So you're giving Bill O'Brien two young quarterbacks. I don't really feel like they have a need to replace Brian Hoyer. I think Zappi's a good option. Zappi showed last year that he could play. Um, he played one against the Lions before the Lions got hot, got the Patriots a victory, looked good doing it. So I don't think I don't think Bill O'Brien's gonna have the desire to waste the roster spot on a third string quarterback. When O'Brien's been in this league, he's been a head coach. He's got experience. I look at this as the Patriots kind of retooling, and it's a big year for Mac. If Mac Jones has a bad year, if the Patriots again have a you know 500 year, you know, miss the playoffs, I could see them saying, "Bill, you know, thanks, thanks for your time here in New England, but it's it's time to move on because the Patriot fan base." is getting frustrated, I think, was just kind of the staleness of the team. I mean, you listen to an interview that Bill Belichick had last week where, you know, he calls out the Patriot fan base because they're starting to speak up, you know, expecting to be a Super Bowl contending team again. And he was asked, what do you have to say to the Patriot fans that are showing discontent? And he just said, well, go back and look at the past 20 years. You know, he's almost giving that jaded response. Like, he wants to do this his way or no other way. You can't do that in today's league. And the way that the Patriots won in the past, the league's kind of shifted away from that. I think this could be a make-or-break year for Belichick and the Patriots. You think... I just don't see Belichick leaving and 
if he does, I don't think he, I don't think he's retiring out of coaching. I think this is his bread and butter. It's going to be one of those deals, Mike, where it's like, Hey, you either step out with grace, you know, say that you're retiring, you want to spend more time with the family or you're going to get fired. I think that's kind of the ultimatum that he's going to fall under. I think that's a big part too why Bill O'Brien took this job, knowing that he could slide into that role after Belichick leaves. If Belichick leaves and has a bad year, he's kind of positioning himself to maybe become that next Patriots head coach. That'd be interesting. I mean, we're de- we'll definitely be covering this, and I don't know. I think with Mac Jones and the situation, I think they're both in the hot seat. Because they can completely. they can get rid of him at the, at the end of this year. He's off his rookie deal. They could do the five year option, but they won't. I think it's his third year. I don't think it, is this his, is this his third. No, no, this is his third year. You're right. You're right. So yep. he has one more year on his rookie contract, but they'll be able to drop him off or something or get something for him. I think he's a starter in the NFL, but he's not the Patriots starter. Yeah, we'll see how the year plays out. If it plays out, kind of how these. First couple of years played out for him. It could be time for a change of scenery because there's no doubt that he has talent, but things have been stale in New England. He hasn't had the best uh, opportunities to succeed thus far, and maybe year three will be his breakout. And saying on the coaching subject here, I think Ron Rivera is on the way out with Washington. Seven and nine, first year in Washington. Got first in the NFC East, which is a joke. It was. Yeah. It has a pulse now. Seven and 10, 2021. They're in the NFC joke. And then eight and eight with one tie, fourth in the NFC. Modestly better. If he doesn't turn the burners on this year, he's he's wasting scary Terrence. He's scary Terry. Whoops. Same thing, dog. Wasting his ability. Um, Brian, the back or the the running back, um, Gibson. There's just some good players on that team that are just spinning their tires right now. I yeah. think this will make or break it year for him. Mike, this take is as spicy as ketchup. And I'm not talking your Whataburger spicy ketchup. This is uh should be a surprise to nobody. I think Rivera's on his way out as well with the team getting ready to be sold. You're going to get a new owner in there yet to be seen who it is. But with that, the, the new owner is going to come in. It's going to have their own ideas on how the team should be run. And it's very rare that you see a team change ownership and the coach ends up either leaving, getting fired, whatever, but there's usually a subsequent coaching change that goes with that. Now, it looks like this sale is probably going to go through sometime before the season starts, so I don't think you're going to see Rivera get fired. But short of a deep playoff run, which I don't think Washington has the roster for, especially now this revitalized NFC East, I don't see... I really don't see a way Washington makes a uh, a run at anything this season. And when that happens, I think Rivera is out the door. Ownership will bring in their people. And they'll look to start fresh for the 2024 season. 
Yeah, it, he he had a good beginning coaching career. I mean, he did great at Carolina, and then the whole Cam Newton thing kind of went to the wayside. He fell off as a coach. I do think he needs some star players around him. I think if they do get a care, no, I don't even think I know if they do get a good quarterback in there, it'll definitely boost his coaching. I think as you know, continuing with the Washington Commanders, but if they if they don't get a star quarterback in there, they're fucked this year. Yeah, i I could see them being one of these teams potentially tries to move up in the draft or make a reach on one of the quarterbacks that's out there. Cause you look at their current quarterback uh, depth chart and it's nothing. It's nothing too impressive. Mike, they got Sam Howell. They've got, uh, they got, I know Sam Howell, I think is who they are projected to roll out as their starter. I believe. I think you're right because well, because they got they've rid got of our Jacoby Brissett and they've got Jake Fromm. Jacoby Jacoby could make something happen, but uh, you're still going to be getting the same record. You're eight and eight. You're seven and nine, or eight eight one. You know, eight and nine, whatever. Seven and ten. You're still going to be kind of sitting in there with Jacoby. Yeah, I just see this as a team that bottoms out this year. I think they'll be a last place team in the NFC East. It looks, Ooh. it's looking like a rebuild. And I think, as I mentioned before, I think with Re- Rivera's out at the end of the year, we'll get a new head coach, new general manager, a new idea of how they want the team to run. And they'll look to kickstart this rebuild in 2024. Cause you look at this roster, this roster is not very impressive. Are you, you talk about Brian Robinson, he's good running back. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, another another good running back. But other than that, I mean their their wide receiving core. You got Terry, you got Terry uh McLaurin and a bunch of nobodies behind him. It's just it's not a team that's set up for immediate success. They're gonna have to build this thing up. And I think they build it up without Rivera as their head coach. Yeah, he said that they're in a rebuild, but they've been in a rebuild for the last 40 years. So they're just. Yeah, and that that just goes to show, you know, poor ownership. When your owner is the least respected guy in the league, that really, that makes it really hard to draw free agents. You see their, you don't see them retain any of their, any of the guys that they draft. Once the, their rookie deals are up, they're looking to get out the door. So, again, it just kind of shows you the ineptitude of the Washington franchise as a whole. And hopefully for the league's sake and for the fans of the commanders that they're able to get an owner in there who will bring respect back to the Washington name and turn that thing into a winner. Magic Johnson's going to be bringing it straight to the fucking championship. Hey, you never know. I mean, I... Anybody, you and I could buy that team and we do a better job than uh, Dan Snyder. So, well, we don't have six billion dollars. So, no, not not yet, but we're working <laughs> not, on it. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yep, gonna so, take some getting there in order to get there. <laughs> With the, the you know, the all star talk, um, OBJ 
has been in some deep talks with the Ravens. And sources said that he's kind of seeking something around a one-year $15 million deal, which is fucking stout for somebody that keeps tearing their MCL or ACL. Um, That's going to be rough. And two weeks ago, Beckham complained that the best offer he had so far was $4 million. Why don't you take a $4 million prove-it deal? Just throw that on there for one. For two... Doing a little dive in, I think the Ravens only got like $6.5 million on cap space that they would be able to pay him. So he would still be around that $4 million. I think I could see the Ravens offering him something around. No numbers have come out yet, at least that I'm aware of. So maybe a one-year $6.56, you know, $5.5 million deal. But you're not a one-year $15 million guy. There's way better options out there if I'm going to pay one million or one year fifteen million. I could go on and list wide receivers that I think I would rather pay that money to, or I could get somebody that could be even better for a one year four million dollar deal. Yeah, and the problem with OBJ too is you know that he's a me guy. He's not not a locker room guy, and. He's good in short spurts. We kind of touched on this in prior episodes, but I think Odell's place, again, is joining a team mid-season that's looking to make a playoff push. You bring him on board. The Ravens, there's so much, there's so many questions around that franchise right now. I'm not sure that OBJ would be willing to hitch his wagons to Tyler Huntley as his quarterback. And honestly, I don't I don't think he'd want to do the same for Lamar. So with that being said, the Ravens must be the team that's willing to pay him more than any other team has offered him up to this point. No wagon hitching? What's that? No wagon hitching at all? Yeah, he, no wagon. No. He's not hitching his wagons to any other no, teams apparently right now. But yeah, you think about it, Mike. I this guy, if he wants one year fifteen mil mil, he's looking for the bag. The Ravens are the only one that seem to be willing to take him on. And OBJ's gotta realize, like, hey, you know, who's the quarterback here? Cause I like Tyler Huntley. I think he's a I think he's a good quarterback, but is he going to elevate OBJ to have uh, you know, over thousand yard receive, receiving yard season? No, I don't think so. The Ravens don't play that style of offense either. It's a really run heavy offense. So OBJ to the Ravens doesn't really seem like a fit to me. No Bagginsburger alerts. No, no, no bag alert for uh, the Ravens organization as a whole right now. But uh, no, and they got rid of Calais Campbell, which is weird too. I just wanted to throw that out there really quick. That I mean. That was a big. That was a big key player. Yeah, I think. But I think they're just trying to negotiate their way through cap space. Do you think they're trying to negotiate their way through cap space for Lamar and no. trying to tell Lamar like, "Hey, no, we're no. going to bring you in OBJ. No, no, come sit down again. We it's love not you. Happening. They're done. I'm telling you, Lamar will not play another down for. He will not play another down for the Ravens." There's no there's no repairing that relationship. 
You you put in, so it's like a Le'Veon Bell thing, as we've said before. This is yeah, it. He'll sit out. Done. He'll sit out. He does not have he does not have the self awareness to realize that the league does not he, the league is telling him that he is not worth what he thinks he is. And he does not have the self awareness to realize that and you know, not back off on his demands for a fully guaranteed deal. Well, yeah. I I we talked to well, you didn't, but uh well, we've we, talked. We've talked this Lamar situation the past few weeks now. It, oh it just yeah, keeps, it's to keep coming around, and we can't get rid of it. And I don't even like talking about it this much. But there's so many teams that have already come out and be like, "No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We don't need them. We're we're Colts. We're not doing a guaranteed contract or a guaranteed yeah contract. We don't believe in those Lions. Completely exonated. Yeah, They're- Falcons. You got Tyler Heineke. You got Desmond Ritter. Nope, not interested. So I feel like there's something that went on at the owners meeting that none of us know about. Well, we've the other other media outlets have talked about it. There's a there's a lot of talk. There's collusion against Lavar right now. That league owners as a whole do not want another. They do not want deals like the Sean Watson got a fully guaranteed deal. They do not want that to become the norm. In the NFL, because look right now, look how that deal so far is playing out for the Browns. Deshaun looks like Piss a dead. Deshaun looks like a dead guy out there. He's a and dead now, horse pulling your wagon. Yeah, and now you see these other teams, you know, basically coming out that need quarterbacks that are just like, nope, we're not interested in Lamar. And I don't think it's so much the fact that they're not interested in Lamar the player; it's they're not interested in Lamar the contract. So I think this is the the team owners, and I agree with what other outlets are saying. I agree the owners have all you know linked arms in this, and said we are not do we are not getting in the business of doing guaranteed contracts. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson kind of ruined the uh, the whole contract situation, but I'm happy he did that because it needed to be kind of like all right, we need to pump the fucking brakes here. Are people really worth three, four, five hundred million dollar guaranteed contracts? No, they're nobody. Right, you're seeing these baseball type contracts kind of trickle their way in the NFL. In baseball, I can understand some of those big money contracts just for the longevity of your time in the game. Whereas, you know, football, heavy contact sport, and one wrong hit and your career is over. Yeah, I think and- the, I think it's like a. Three to five year is the normal term in the NFL or something like that, or it was a five year. Not most players not are running bases. A majority of players are out in two, if I remember correctly, two years. That's crazy. So I don't blame the owners for not wanting to give guaranteed contracts because you think about it, Mike, something happens to Deshaun, the Browns, and I'm not wishing Crumble. anything to happen to Deshaun. But if something happens to Deshaun where he can't play again, the Browns are completely screwed because that money's guaranteed and that's going against their cap the next four years. Instead of happy Bobby Bonilla day, we're going to be going happy Deshaun Watson day. Uh, Exactly. So, again, it's rough. I think the teams as a whole, that the ones that need quarterbacks, they're interested in Lamar the player, not interested in Lamar the contract. And at this point, I don't see either Lamar or 
te- quarterback needy teams willing to make that compromise. And I still wholeheartedly believe that Lamar sits out this year. Wouldn't that be something? And I don't hey, understand. Mills playing I'd be, quarterback he, and not Lamar. I don't want him as a quarterback. He has he's a very flawed player in my mind. But the fact that he doesn't realize that when Le'Veon Bell did the same thing and he sat out, when he came back, he was never the same player again. Terrible. And being a year away from football, if Lamar goes that route, which all indications are that he will, if somebody does bring him back here for the 2024 season, he's not going to be the same guy. And you're seeing it with Deshaun right now as well. He is not the same guy as he was with the Oh, Houston God, Texans. no. The only, there has been one case in recent history that a quarterback came back after not playing for a significant Michael. period of time, and that was Michael Vick. That's right. And since then, we have not seen another be able, no, another player be able to pull it off, and there's nothing in my mind that tells me that Lamar Jackson can be the guy to break that mold. No, man, because Michael Jack, or Michael Jack, uh, Michael Vick was uh, practicing in prison. He wasn't doing none of the owl stuff here. He was trying to get back in the NFL. You ain't going to get that here. I'm just going to leave that alone. It is. Well, I think you answered everything that I needed to talk about. I'm just looking forward to next week. I know we've been bringing it up consistently all next week. We're going to be talking. I promise the viewers next week we are talking about drafts. Well, next week we'll have three weeks to the draft, and we are going to break down each week. We'll go picks 1 through 10 next week, 11 through 20 the following, and then 21 through 31 for the week of the draft. Uh, Just as a reminder, you're like, no, stupid, there's 32 picks. Well, Dolphins forfeited a first-round pick due to that Tom Brady tampering situation from last year, so they don't have a first-round pick this year. So only 31 picks in the first round, and... Mike's doing his research, I'm doing my research, and hopefully we have a comprehensive draft. Mike and I are not going to coordinate our picks. They're going to be, you know, organic reactions to each. And I'm sure I'm going to look at Mike and call him an idiot for some of his picks, and I'm sure he's going to bash some of mine. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's an entertainment product, and these are our opinions. And, you know, we're fixing to keep you guys entertained and I know it was a little light this week, but next week, I promise, we'll be good, as will the following weeks, talking draft. Everybody loves mock drafts. We're not Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, but, you know, we're going to do our best. Ours will be better. So, with that being said, Mike, you got anything else this week? No, close it out, Kyle. All right, guys. Like I said, draft talk the next couple weeks. We appreciate you guys listening to the pod. Make sure to like and follow on all our socials, and we'll talk to you next week.